the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program's views, claims, or representations may not reflect those of AM 1420 The Answer or Salem Media Group. Welcome to The Advocate with your host, Nick Phillips. And now, here's your host, Nick Phillips. Good evening, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another edition of The Advocate. Thank you for joining us tonight on a Sunday evening. Uh, we're going to be talking in these first two segments with Congressman Jim Renacci, who's also a candidate for the United States Senate. Congressman Renacci, thank you for joining us tonight. Good evening, Nick. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, you're, you're, for people who haven't heard you yet, uh, I know that you've done a terrific job in Congress. Uh, you've been with us on this program uh, since you were beginning in Congress, and uh, you've done uh, a super job getting things done and being a, a fiscal conservative in Washington. Um, but for people who haven't heard of you yet, tell us a little bit about, I can't imagine anyone, by the way, not, but maybe not hearing you. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and, and what got you into politics to begin with. Well, thank you, Nick. And look, most people in Northeast Ohio do know me in the sense that uh, I got involved in politics, uh, not because I ever planned on doing it. I was a business guy, was in multiple businesses, over 60 over my career, created over 1,500 jobs, employed over 3,000 people. But uh, one of my businesses, a Chevy dealership, uh, when the federal government infringed in that business and took it away from me and actually hurt 53 employees at the same time, uh, it made me realize that the federal government was going too far. And that's one of the reasons why I stepped up. So when I, uh, when I ran, I ran because I wanted to make sure that the federal government did not infringe on other people's lives like it did to mine and the 53 employees. Uh, and I've been there now since 2011 fighting that fight. Well, the years have gone by very, very quickly. Uh, 2011 seems like not that long ago. Uh, but as, as time passes, uh, I remember when we would talk during your congressional years uh, how one of your things, beside just being aware of the economy and making sure that uh, the policies of the, the government were fiscally sound, uh, you did reach out uh, and you would work uh, on a regular basis but with bipartisan breakfast group and trying to get everyone together. Uh, how has that worked out over the years for you? Well, we're still doing that. Uh, I still have a breakfast first thing in every morning with members on, the, on both sides of the aisle. We talk about issues that we can work on together. Uh, that group has actually generated close to 15 or 20 uh, bills. Uh, almost, uh, I think most of those have passed the House. Seven of them actually have become law uh, of working together. So it's been a way of making sure that uh, I at least listen to the other side. Again, Nick, you don't have to give up your values or principles uh, to get some things done. And But that's the businessman background in me. That's the belief I have. We need to be able to work together. Our, our problems are not Republican problems or Democrat problems. Our problems in Washington are American problems, and we need to be working together as Americans with American solutions to fix things, and I'm a big believer in that. Well, every time I hear people refer to uh, Washington being the swamp, uh, I know that for the people who are actually working in government, uh, the halls of Congress is a place of work. I mean, you have to get things done. And uh, it sounds like things have been been getting done. Uh, tell me about the changes now looking at the U.S. Congress uh, going from the House of Representatives to the Senate. Uh, what, what differences do you anticipate? Well, one thing I will tell you, I, I want to try and make the Senate run more effectively. It's too unproductive. A perfect example is the mere fact that uh, just this cycle, more than 550 bills have passed the House. Uh, in the 115th Congress, yet there's over 440 of those bills that are just sitting over the Senate, not going anywhere. That's just a shame. That's one of the problems I've said. All can work, get things done, move it over the Senate, only for the Senate to sit on these bills, not even move them, not even talk about them. And that's not really 
what the our forefathers wanted. They wanted the House to move bills over, the Senate to either vote vote them up, vote them down, move them, but not just sit on them. And that's the unproductiveness of our U.S. Congress. It's a lot has to do with nothing moving in the Senate. Now, the Senate is a much more exclusive club than the House of Representatives. Uh, how how are you viewing the U.S. Senate with the uh, the people who are already in it, and have you been talking to them about uh, the next coming session? Well, look, uh, I do have some friends over in the Senate. Senator Portman, of course, is somebody who's already endorsed me, and uh, he and I actually worked very hard together to get the tax bill passed. Uh, so I've had great relationships with him, but others as well. Uh, so I'm going to continue to do that. But again, I plan on going to the Senate and talking about fiscal constraints, fiscal responsibility. These are the things that I've said is so important for our, our children and grandchildren, but also important for our country. We cannot continue to spend the money we don't have. And that seems to be mm-hmm. the thing that we do way too often in Washington. Well, yeah, the, the money is a, is a big deal. Uh, obviously, with the passage of the tax reform uh, bill that, that came through earlier, uh, any results that you're seeing from how it's uh, affecting the economy? Well, here in Ohio with small businesses, as I travel the state, I continue to hear so many positive things. More small businesses being able to invest in their company, to grow their company. Individual employees getting bonuses. Uh, the list goes on and on and on of bonuses. But also, as I travel the state and talk to people, they are so happy to get that extra 40 50 60 70 dollars even a hundred dollars in their paycheck uh which is so important as well well yeah that's uh, an immediate um, uh, observation from people when they look at their paycheck that sort of suddenly happened all of a sudden so we we hope that's going to continue you know with uh, talking about going around the state you you've been of course covering the, the entire state uh, what other things have you been hearing about that are concerns to the people in ohio well, look, the big issue is always jobs and economy. The opioid issue is another big thing. I mean, uh, let's face it, we have uh, uh, an opioid crisis. I'm not sure government can fix it alone. I do think we need to look at our education system, and I, and I talk about that all the time. We have to make sure our children and grandchildren see that there are more opportunities other than going to college, and we got to make sure they're seeing that early, 6th, 7th, 8th grade. They're seeing opportunities for trades. I think that's the important issue because too often our children are looking at um, an opportunity of going to college and not wanting to go there, and then they redirect uh, their energies in other ways. So um, I do think that's a big issue. You hear about it all the time. You hear about employment. The other thing you hear about uh, as I travel the state is there are a lot of job openings. I was with a company yesterday has 28 job openings. They try to get they've interviewed 95 people. And uh, we're lucky to get enough who could pass a drug test, which is a whole other issue as well. Um, and that's why there's so many openings there. So we have to make sure that not only are these uh, job opportunities available, but we have the trained individuals who are drug-free as well, so they can uh, take many of these jobs that are available. Well, we've been hearing about the opioid problem and just drugs generally. And, and also we've been hearing about uh, different having a difficult time uh, hiring people because they cannot pass the drug test. Uh, uh, I guess education, among other things, are a big thing to get people to. We've said this for decades, I suppose. But uh, the fact that if you can have one of these jobs, you mentioned 28 jobs in, in this one one place. Some of these jobs pay quite well, don't they? Well, actually, what I found is you can go to college today, and there are so many college graduates coming out that the marketplace is just full of college graduates, which means, as we all know, supply and demand, uh, the job market for many basic college-educated people is not as great as the job markets that are available for those that have the skill sets, the trades. And uh, so, absolutely, you can come out as a and have a mechanics uh, uh certificate and work in a car dealership and make 51000 a year. You can come out as a welder and make in the 70s in some of the uh, um, companies that I'm uh, going to. So, yes, it's, there's opportunities. We've got to make sure. And the other thing we have to eliminate is the stigma. That's the big issue. There's a stigma that if you don't graduate from college, you can't be successful. That's just not true. Well, I, I know that um, 
we're looking probably at an entire cultural shift trying to uh, let people know or make them feel comfortable about having uh, manual jobs that pay well and still will allow them to have an enriched life, uh, not necessarily being in a, an executive position, but like you mentioned, a high-paying welder position that gives people every night off from work. Well, I know when I was growing up, my dad and mom pushed me into so many opportunities to, to look at things. We didn't have much. My dad was a railroad worker. My mother was a nurse. My dad lost a job when uh, I was eight years old. So I understand what it is to struggle and get through. But my dad always pushed me toward opportunities. I still remember uh, working in a local body shop to make extra money as a youth. Just so that uh, he used to tell me, you always have a trade, you always have an opportunity, you'll always be able to make money. And there was no stigma at that point in time. I was happy to do it. And uh, look back, looking back, uh, we're going to have to start thinking that same way. We're talking to Congressman James Renacci, who's a candidate for the United States Senate here in the state of Ohio. And uh, we're going to come back to uh, Congressman Renacci and, and talk about some of these things that are pressing issues and what he's looking forward to doing in the United States Senate. Don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back. Fifty cards, fifty questions. Hello, Mark Bush for just a conversation with you. Learn more about your loved ones by having the talk of a lifetime at your next family gathering. The deck of cards is offered free by Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. Request a deck of cards at bushcares.com backslash cards. 50 cards, 50 questions that will help you learn more about your loved ones. At Bush, we help families share memories. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. Uh, tonight, we're, we're pleased to have with us Congressman James Renacci, candidate for United States Senate. And we're, we're talking about things generally and what's going on in this country and what he's looking forward to doing in the U.S. Senate. 
Uh, Congressman Renacci, thank you for joining us. Again, thank you for having me. Uh, always our pleasure. Uh, in the U.S. Senate, uh, a different role in the area of uh, foreign affairs and uh, approval of appointments of, uh, of, of government uh, appointees. Uh, how are you looking forward to that, and uh, how do you think we're moving at this point? Well, look, we got to get uh, President Trump's appointees confirmed at, in a lot of ways, and I was with the president just a few weeks ago when he said uh, at this pace, and I've heard this, it could be 10 to 11 years before his confirmations are all confirmed. It's a problem. Uh, we need to be able to give the president the tool he needs to get his job done, so I'm happy to get there and uh, be able to help him get uh, many of these people he wants confirmed, confirmed, and then at the same time uh, help him with his policies, whether it's foreign policy, whether it's uh, economic policy, whether it's domestic policy, uh, he'll have somebody, again, who will be a supporter with almost three decades of uh, business background that can uh, review and understand and even challenge some of the ideas if I disagree with them. Well, what have you learned about the operation of government in Congress that you believe will carry over into the Senate? Well, look, uh, one thing I've learned is it's a slow process. Uh, it's become much slower because politics have gotten in the way. I do believe that uh, the three big issues uh, I've said all along uh, will continue, I'm sure, over in the Senate, which is nothing starts on time, number one. Number two, we don't uh, pay attention to our debts and deficits. That should be a priority. And, of course, number three, politics gets in the way of everything. So I'm hoping to be able to take that background experience that I've already learned and make sure that I use that experience and background plus my business background to get things moving forward. I'm never late for meetings because uh, I'm a business guy and I realize you can't be. I've, uh, I've worked on the balance sheet and trying to get fiscal responsibility in front of our senators and our House members. Uh, we've got to move and I'm going to continue to do that over in the Senate. I've called for a fiscal state of the nation on an annual basis by our controller general. I believe we should do that. I'm going to continue to push for that. And in the end, I think uh, politics have to uh, be overshadowed by getting things done. We have to be willing to, to do things and get things done for the best interest of the American people. You know, it's been in the news constantly, uh, the idea of the Second Amendment and uh, firearms, gun control, and mental health. Uh, do you see a way out of uh, keeping guns away from people who shouldn't have them, like the people who've been going around with these uh, mass shootings and so on? Well, Nick, look, there are a lot of gun-free zones across this country, whether it's Chicago, even in the same place that uh, um, the one congressman was shot. That was a gun-free zone. We have gun-free zones all over, and people, well, bad people still get guns. So. I don't think there's any way to ever stop bad people from getting guns. I do think we have to look at our mental health uh, situation because many circumstances revolve around a, one of those bad people getting guns. They seem to have some mental health issues. We have to better communication between our, whether it's the FBI or law enforcement agents, whether it's the next program. We've got to have all of that. And at the same time, we've got to make sure we protect our schools we got to make sure that we harden our schools, but I'm, I'm really uh, a big believer that that's up to the local school districts to make sure that they make those decisions. So in the end, um, I think there are a lot of things that could be done in that area, but I'm not sure it's all about the metal and the gun. I think it's about a lot of the issues evolving and around it. I think we have to have the hearings, we have to talk to people, and we have to get a better understanding, we have to get politics out of it. Well, I, I agree with you from the standpoint that uh, the mental health element seems to be the, the big thing because that seems to be almost a common thread through all of these, uh, you know, uh, contrasting the normal, healthy, law-abiding citizens to those individuals that are seriously emotionally uh, impaired somehow that cause them to go out and do the kinds of terrible things that we've been seeing here. Well, we'll be watching uh, the Senate and the House to see what happens at the national level on, on that particular issue. But uh, the other issue that's in the news all the time now is immigration. And uh, how, how do you think we should be moving on immigration? We, we do have so many illegal immigrants in the country, and uh, we have the ever-present problem of people still coming across the border. 
Uh, how, how do you view that? Well, look, I'm a big supporter in the wall. we got to have our border wall put in place. we got to make sure that we secure our borders. At the same time, uh, to look at a lot of the processes and procedures, we got to look at E-Verify. Um, that's another big issue. we got to look at, uh, you know, our immigration process. we got to look at our current process. All of these things have to be reviewed. The problem in Washington is too often we what we do is we we pass something and then it sits for years and years and years just like the tax code sat for almost 30 plus years our immigration system has to be reviewed and we have to make sure we update it for the e-verify program and and many many of the other issues so i think again we have to make those tough decisions we have to be willing to make some tough decisions but at the same time we do have to protect our wall we do have to finalize daca all of these things have to be done. Too often, career politicians only worry about the next election and not worry about getting things done for the long term. Well, amen for that. Uh, uh, as I mentioned earlier, that the uh, the Congress, the halls of Congress, is really a place of work. And uh, when you get elected, you get in there, you, you have to get the job done. And uh, that that's right, rather than just re- spending a lot of time thinking about re-election. Uh, Health care and entitlements, uh, Medicare, and what's Congress going to do about that? How do you feel about where we should be going with health care in, in the future, especially with the, the Medicare people? Well, look, the Medicare system also has to be uh, revised so that it's around for a long time. We have serious issues in our Medicare, Medicaid, and even Social Security. Many of these programs are great programs. But nobody wants to look at them and make sure that they're going to be solvent for a long time. And when you bring them up, everybody, first thing they say is, well, you just want to cut them. You just want to get rid of them. And that's not the case. I want to make sure they're solvent. I want to make sure they're solvent for a long time. I want to make sure they're around for a long time. But to do that, you got to pull your head out of the ground and realize that we do have issues that need to be looked at. The Medicare system today is based on, um, and there's some statistics out there that show that uh, the average couple puts in approximately $100,000 and takes out approximately 300000 I mean, that's just unsustainable. So these programs are all unsustainable. The, the Social Security system was based on people that died at age 65. And although we've tweaked it a few times, we haven't tweaked it enough to make sure that it's sustainable long time, long term. And the other thing we need to do is we really need to look at uh, means testing. I mean, there are millionaires and billionaires that really don't need the system that they've paid into, and I understand they've paid into it, and their argument would be, well, I've paid into it, I should get money back. The problem is this country has given them so much opportunity that we need to look at that as well and see about a means testing for many people who probably don't need it but are taking it and making sure that it's around for those that truly do need it um, and need that safety net. Well, uh, it's certainly going to be a conundrum that we're going to be worried about and, and watching as uh, the realities of finance continue on and as our population ages. We have all these baby boomers coming up and through. But in our, our last minute or so, I'd like to ask you, uh, you you have a relationship with President Trump and you work with President Trump, and uh, and we know you. We've talked to you for years. Tell me, uh, how how is it working with the president? Well, look, I've had the opportunity to work with the president now for a little over a year. Um, I do really believe he's dedicated not only to this country and moving our country forward, making America first again, make America great again, but I also believe he really does think about middle America. Um, he Look, does he need this job? Absolutely not. Did he get involved in this job? Very similar to me. Did I need the job? No. Uh, there are certain people who get in this job because they know that we've got to change things and he's one of those people. So every time I talk to him, it's always about him asking, how are things going with people in Ohio? What are their thoughts? How can we help them? That's the kind of commander-in-chief we have, which I think is so important. And I'm proud to be able to help him and hopefully um, be able to get him the support he needs in the U.S. Senate. Well, it takes a lot of people to make a government run, and uh, you've been doing a great job in the House of Representatives, and we'll see how you do in the Senate uh, as that comes up and uh, going around the state. Good luck, and we'll, we'll be talking to you again soon sometime. So uh, in, in any event, uh, thank you for joining us tonight. 
Well, thank you, Nick. It's always a pleasure being with you, and I look forward to uh, being on your show again. Sometime. We'll have you back again. That's Congressman James Renacci, candidate for United States Senate here in Ohio. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back. We're going to be talking to uh, Secretary of State John Houston and what's going on at his department and also what's going on with the governor's race here in Ohio. Don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at selectinsservice.com. 440-237-8555, or selectinsservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of the Ad- Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free. You didn't plan it this way. You spent your entire life being careful, protecting your body and staying healthy when the carelessness of another changes your life forever. You need to know what's expected of you to prove your claim. You further have been changed forever. Know it's up to you to make your case. The lawyers at Phillips and Millie together have over 80 years of experience. If you have a case or think you may, call the law firm of Phillips and Millie at 440-243-2800. Hello, Mark Bush for GreaterThanHeroin.com. Our nation, our state, our county, and our local communities are in the midst of this crisis. It saddens us at Bush. We see firsthand the final outcome impacting families when overdose deaths occur. GreaterThanHeroin.com is a resource for everyone. Join us in our efforts. Email feedback at GreaterThanHeroin.com to help us defeat this crisis. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with another segment of The Advocate. And uh, in the next two segments, we're going to be talking about state-level government, and we're going to be talking about what's going on in Columbus and what should be going on in Columbus. Uh, with us tonight to talk about that is our own Ohio Secretary of State, John Houston. Uh, John, thank you for joining us. Great to be with you. Um, for those who haven't heard uh, from you yet, uh, if we can take a few minutes and just give us a little bit about your background and, and how you ended up being the Secretary of State. Well, sure. You know, I kind of have a unique background in that uh, I started out life in a foster home. I was uh, born in Detroit, Michigan, and and uh, and then I hit the lottery because I got adopted uh, by two great parents who raised me in rural Northwest Ohio and uh, taught me good values and the basic the basic principle that if you are willing to work hard you can do anything in America and I've always believed that and I've always tried to to live that and and had an opportunity to go to the University of Dayton play football there and 
and uh, that's really the career path that I wanted to go. I wanted to be a college football coach and, and did that briefly, but uh, eventually got an opportunity to be involved in a congressional campaign and and uh, work uh, in county government later in economic development and then decided that I might want to try this on my own and running for office and I ran for the state legislature, uh, was elected in 2000 and then due to term limits, um, there were a lot of there was a lot of turnover. So four years later, I actually became speaker of the Ohio House uh, at the age of 37, and uh, and really enjoyed uh, my time uh, in the legislature. I would say that some of my uh, most uh, important works there were, you know, first of all, balancing the budget and overhauling overhauling the tax code, cutting the income tax by 21 percent, and and eliminating a lot of unnecessary business taxes that helped uh, create a better economic environment in Ohio. And then additionally, um, working on school choice issues, uh, giving kids who are trapped in chronically failing schools a lifeline to hope and opportunity by giving them access to better educational opportunities. Those are the things that stuck out during that time for me. But uh, we then had an opportunity after I left the legislature to run for Secretary of State, and I was elected Secretary of State in 2010. My primary goal there has been to make Ohio a place where it's easy to vote and hard to cheat. Uh, as Secretary of State, you oversee the elections, and so you have to always seek that balance. And I believe we've successfully done so. Ohio is a very easy place to vote, but we've also made sure that we've cleaned up the voter rolls, taken over 600,000 deceased voters off the rolls, uh, 1.7 million duplicate registrations uh, resolved, things like that. So that we, we cleaned things up, that we made it uh, hard hard to cheat and, and an efficient process, and that's, that's gone very well. Uh, additionally, if you mm-hmm. one more little piece on Secretary of State's office, business filings. You know, we, we do that too, and I got, I got a, some great stories I can share later on in the program about that. Well, well, the most striking thing is the fact that we're talking about being Secretary of State since 2010. And uh, to measure what eight years is like, just think about when you began. Uh, I think the time went by a little on the fast side, didn't it? Wow, it went, it went very fast. It's kind of like raising kids. My wife, Tina, and I, you know, three kids, and they grow up fast. Well, when you're in public office, it goes by fast. And, and, I, always, and I always try to remind folks, you know, have have a plan when you run for office have an agenda focus on getting a few things done because it will go by quickly and there are plenty of things that will happen to you and to your office that you didn't plan so you got to be you got to have a proactive agenda and always know that you're going to have to react to lots of things that will come your way well i I know we've talked before on on the show here and uh I was always impressed with how you embrace technology. Uh, tell us about some of the technological things that have happened in the Secretary of State's office over these past eight years that well, uh, really have benefited the state. Yeah, on the voting side, we now have online voter registration. Uh, that's made it easier for people to register to vote. Uh, that, that's one use of technology. You can go to myohiovote.com. We've created this one-stop shop where you can, where you can track your app ballot all the way back to the Board of Elections, with the, and you can also get sample ballots, find out where your polling location is, so we've really tried to automate that process, but on the business services side, when I got there, you started a business in Ohio by filling out forms, mailing them in, it took four, four and a half days to process, cost $125. We automated that whole process, now what used to take four days usually takes less than four hours. Uh, and because we improved customer service so much, we ended up setting records for the number of new business starts in Ohio every year. We now have approximately 40% more businesses starting every year in Ohio than when I got to office. And because of all the new customers, uh, we had plenty of revenue. So we we uh, cut the fees for starting a business in Ohio from $125 down to $99. So it would be the lowest cost state in the Midwest to start and maintain a business. And as a result of all those efficiencies, that we we have uh, nearly 40% fewer employees in the Secretary of State's office, uh, and we no longer need any tax dollars to run my office. So I want to I want to repeat that <laughs> we run Please. completely on fees. We no longer need any tax dollars to run the Secretary of State's office. That's how we've created efficiencies. Um, 
and uh, generated uh, the necessary revenue we need to do that. So it's it's going, you know, all that's going great, but it's because we've automated things. We improved customer service, and, you know, that's what technology can do. It can make government actually work at the speed of business, work at improved customer service. That's what we've really tried to be all about. Well, well, I think that's the important thing is being able to recognize what technology had to offer than taking advantage of, uh, of the technology that is evolving over the years. And uh, what a great model to have a government agency, a whole secretariat level, all funded by uh, its own activities, which is amazing. Now, Yeah, and, and just so you, just one little other thing. Also, we were the first to partner with Google so that when you went in, if you were opening uh, a shop somewhere, a restaurant, whatever it might be, you we partnered with Google so that you're so that as soon as you registered your business, all you had to do is click a click a button, and you could get your business put right on Google Maps. So I mean, it was you know those kinds of things where we're really trying to create a, a great business environment in Ohio, really business friendly, give people the chance to do the things. All of those all of those kinds of things were important to uh, what we were trying to do in the Secretary of State's office. Now, now beside uh, bringing the technology to business and so forth, and also coming up with the fiscal uh, result that's going to take care of your uh, own cost and everything and reducing employees and so forth, uh, have you been able to uh, quantify what type of economic uh, benefit or result that has had with regard to businesses in Ohio and the kind of tax revenues that all these new businesses are bringing in? Well, look, what's happened in Ohio uh, you know, when I was when I when I got to office, uh, you know, we were just coming, in, just you know, exiting the Great Recession. We lost four hundred thousand jobs in Ohio, faced an eight billion dollar budget shortfall, had eighty nine cents in the state's rainy day fund. Over the course of that eight years, um, and you know, and certainly not all due to my work. You know, mine, mine's just a small piece of of this, but an important piece of it. Uh, we not only filled the whole of the jobs lost, but we created almost 200,000 uh, net new jobs over that time. Uh, unemployment rate continues to drop, uh, and state government was able to balance the budget, cut taxes, and has now $2 billion in the state's uh, savings account. And all of that, you know, due to you growing the economy, creating a better business environment, and and, you know, fiscal discipline and, and making government more efficient. I mean, that's what you can get if you do it. It's, and we still, we still can get better. I mean, you, you know, we've come a long way. There's a long way still that we can, we can take Ohio. I was just reading this morning, one of the business magazines had, uh, had ranked Ohio the 10th best state in the nation to do business. Well, I can tell you, uh, a decade or two ago, you would have never found Ohio on a, on a list like that. Uh, and we, like I said, we've come a long way. We've got a long way to go. And uh, but progress is certainly being made. Well, very good. We're talking to Ohio Secretary of State John Husted, and we've been talking about what Ohio has been doing with uh, the streamlining of its business. Uh, Secretary of State. Yeah, the Office of Secretary of State and how businesses have been coming into Ohio and how easy it is to set up a business in Ohio. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back with Secretary Houston, and we're going to be talking about the state of Ohio on the, the more macro side. So don't go away. You're listening to Nick Phillips here on WHK, The Advocate. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Pat Lamb. Select Insurance Services is a family-run business and your personal shopper for auto, home, and business insurance. Plus, I'm Dave Ramsey's endorsed local provider. I think you'll agree, insurance is confusing, but at the same time, it's very important to your financial security. We believe insurance should be secured through a professional. Why? Because one wrong click in the do-it-yourself plan could cost you everything. Our approach stands out because we ask the right questions, listen to your personal situation, and share our knowledge to close potential coverage gaps. This is an experience a do-it-yourself plan can't provide. Did you know there could be a coverage gap when you drive someone else's car? So call us today, 440-237-8555, or check us out at Select. 
www.insservice.com. 440-237-8555 or select insservice.com. Hi, this is Nick Phillips, host of The Advocate. Pat Lamb and Select Insurance have been my insurance agents for years. Wonderful to work with and never a hassle. Call Pat Lamb at Select Insurance for your insurance needs. More than just a dentist, Dr. Carl Hedgie provides dental treatments for occlusions, TMJ problems, and for aesthetic rehabilitation. In dental practice for over 30 years, Dr. Hedgie has provided state-of-the-art dental treatment for all of his patients. Dr. Carl Hedgie is skilled at treating and resolving complicated dental problems. Located across from the North Royalton High School, call Dr. Hedgie's office for an appointment or visit his website at drhedgie.com. That's Dr. Carl Hedgie, H-E-G-Y-I at 440-237-3338 for the very best in dental care. How's your back? Every day, thousands of people suffer with unrelenting back pain that takes time from their normal life. Dr. Patrick McCluskey and his staff at the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic provide the helping hands to relieve those nagging pains. Located in North Royalton at Sprague and York Roads, schedule an appointment today with the Timber Ridge Neck and Back Pain Clinic by calling 440-884-0083 for an appointment. That's 440-884-0083. Just imagine being neck and back pain free. Advanced funeral planning is a good idea. Nick Phillips here for Bush Funeral and Crematory Services. When we were faced with the task of recording final wishes, we turned to the caring professionals at Bush. Thanks, Nick. Mark Bush here. We make it easy for you to get started. Download our Senior's Guide to Funeral Arrangements at bushcares.com or call 800-252-8724 and ask to speak with a funeral planning specialist. Visit bushcares.com. Welcome back, Cleveland. Nick Phillips with you with our final segment of The Advocate for tonight. And uh, we're talking to Ohio Secretary of State John Husted about what's going on with the state of Ohio, the Secretary of State's office, and business here in Ohio. And I'd like to welcome again John Husted. John, thank you so much for joining us. Great to be with you. Uh, we were talking about uh, what you've been doing over the last eight years in the Secretary of State's office and uh, made some tremendous progress with uh, technology and also the the results of incorporating technology, and that is uh, streamlining uh, bureaucratic and administrative matters to enhance the uh, formations of businesses here in Ohio. Now, somewhere along the line, you've decided that uh, you're interested in the governorship and getting involved in the governor's office, and you're now a candidate for lieutenant governor along with Mike DeWine. Uh, how did it come about that you decided to look at, at that function of the state government and staying involved? Well, look, Governor, I think the governor's office is the, the, the greatest job in, in government because you actually – you know, you can actually get things done there. Uh, you know, being part of the legislative branch, you rely on a, a lot of other people to do things. Uh, being a, the chief executive, you have a chance to really dramatically impact uh, both the economy, education, health care, the criminal justice system, you know, anti-poverty efforts, things like that, that, that can help move uh, a state forward to help improve the quality of people's lives. And there's, there's just no other job you know, like governor, and in this case, lieutenant governor, where you can you, you can have an impact on, on on so many issues and actually do something to improve uh, improve them. Now, uh, with that uh, with that said, uh, you and Mike DeWine have gotten together to you know, put together this ticket, which uh, seems to be a very strong ticket. Uh, are you and Mike on the same page on most issues? You know, that's that's a great question because. To, to you know, I was running for governor. He was running for governor. Uh, to come together, you you have to have common values and common goals for the state of Ohio, and we certainly we certainly do. Um, you know, we ha- we share the common values of you know beliefs that you know hard work and personal responsibility and family and faith and freedom are the bedrock principles in which America was established. And, and when the Republican Party is at its best, we believe that those are core values. Um, of the party, and uh, we we want to be the conservative advocates for those issues uh, uh, for the state of Ohio, and we do share those common goals. You know, we see that Ohio has come a long way. Uh, we want to take it to the next level. We want to create a more prosperous state. We want to create a better educated state. 
We want to create world-class cities and prosperous small towns. Uh, we want Ohio to be a home to, to you know, a great business environment, more businesses, more jobs, more high-paying jobs that the people can benefit from. And then, and then in the end, we want to create hope for those people who are caught in some of the troubling situations like children living in poverty or people that are caught up in this opioid crisis. Uh, we want to give them hope that uh, better days lie ahead. And, and we, you know, that, that's our mission. That's our vision. And I, and I really believe that we can um, move Ohio to the next level on all those fronts. Mm-hmm. Uh, before he was running for governor, uh, we, we had Attorney General Mike DeWine on, and we were talking uh, some time ago about the opioid crisis and the relationship between having uh, people involved in drugs and basically defining that as our workforce here in Ohio and having so many people who are disqualified from employment because of their drug problems. And uh, it seems like with the uh, activities that you have done with the Secretary of State's office, that we've made Ohio a, uh, a friendly um, uh, state for businesses, but we have to work on that workforce to make sure that this drug problem is taken care of. Are, are there any theories that uh, you would be looking at uh, implementing and incorporating here in Ohio that would help uh, sort of decrease the drug problem, not only for the humanitarian reasons of saving lives with the opioid crisis, but for making a stronger workforce and a uh, a more accessible workforce. Yeah, a- absolutely. You know, first of all, you got to stop getting people addicted to begin with, and the two ways you do that are to to um, change the way that we are prescribing prescription opioids. Okay, painkillers. Uh, Ohio's come a long way on that front at reducing the amount of uh, prescription opioids that are being uh, that are out there uh, circulating both in. Uh, you know, circulating throughout the medical system and, uh, and reducing the amount of time that people can get uh, opioids for, uh, you know, acute pain and things like that. We've come a long way at, at slowing the growth of uh, people becoming addicted. Uh, additionally, you got to do it on the law enforcement side, stopping the Mexican drug cartels that bring the you know the the heroin or more commonly now the fentanyl in you know across the border and into places like ohio and and i know mike dewine's done a great job on that because they've they've seized uh, they've seized enough um uh enough opioids to kill every man woman and child in ohio four times over so wonderful that's the law enforcement's done a great job but you know there's still a ways to go now then and then on the other side of this, on helping employers and people, you've got to have access to quality treatment. Uh, I've, I've, in my experience, have found faith-based treatment programs to be the uh, most effective because people need to change their lives once they get clean. Because if you just go back to the same old way of doing things, you're going to find yourself back uh, addicted to something. And uh, faith-based uh, programs that have helped to change people and move them to a long-term lifestyle change to have been the ones that have worked best in my experience, but also helping employers. Uh, many employers are, are becoming much more enlightened, and when they have somebody that tests positive for a drug test that works for them, they give them a second chance. They say, look, if you can go into treatment and you can avoid this, uh, you can get clean, then, then we'll keep you around. And the reason that that works better is because it's just simply cheaper than constantly churning and hiring new people that you have to bring in and train. And and so, you know, those are the kinds of things that are happening that, that are allowing us to make progress on this. But the last thing is, is that, it's, you know, we have to have an education component to this uh, every year for kids so that they are aware of just how dangerous these drugs are. And, um, and you've got to stay focused on that and changing our culture as well. Well, it sounds like a comprehensive uh, attack on, on the problem because it has so many facets to it from, again, the individual's uh, safety and health to uh, the, the economy and employers using people. Uh, for Yeah, we've place. got a 12-point plan of action to address this that we put out. and I, I uh, encourage you to go to our uh, campaign website or to the Attorney General's website if you'd like to see more details on it. Certainly. And what is that website? 
uh, you can just go, you know, if you just Google uh, Mike DeWine for governor, you can, you'll see our website and the plan will be in there. Well, very good. well you know, other than these things, we have about another minute and a half or so, uh, other than dealing with the opioids and what we just talked about, uh, what, what's the next important issue that uh, you're going to be facing in, uh, in Columbus from the governor's office? Well, look, I, I think the most important issue in Columbus and across the state is making sure that as the economy changes more quickly than, than it ever has in our, our global history, our nation's history, uh, our education system has to change with it. Education and job training uh, initiatives have to keep up with how uh, change is occurring in the economy so that more kids are leaving high school job ready or college ready and you know and either one and, and you don't have to go to a way to get a four-year degree to get a great job there are plenty of there are plenty of ways through your careers through your career centers before you leave high school or through our community colleges where you can get technique t- technological skills that will help you compete and win in this modern economy. I mean, a lot of people don't know, you can get certified in robotics, coding, all kinds of cybersecurity um, skills right at your local uh, career center. Um, and these, these jobs start out $50,000, $70,000 a year in some cases. So th- those are available, uh, and we have to help get more kids enrolled in them at an earlier age so they're prepared when they graduate. Well, again, it, it sounds like something that uh, is going to have to be pursued. And as far as getting a good-paying job without a college education, apparently there's certainly many opportunities for that. Uh, John, Secretary John Houston, thank you so much for uh, joining us tonight, and, and good luck on the campaign trail. Uh, I, I'm assuming you're going tracing back and forth uh, all over the state, so just stay healthy and stay energetic. Will do. You know, I'm fortunate, blessed to have a, a great wife and wonderful, supportive family, and a, and Mike Dewine and I uh, uh, teamed up very well in this, and and uh, we're excited about what we can do to help help build a more prosperous Ohio. Well, very good, very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and that was great, sec- thank you, Secretary of State John Houston. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back here at WHK again next week, same time, same station. So between now and then, have a great week. Good night. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.